Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello, this is Dom Fry, the insurance guy, here with another episode of The Young Pro Show. Today's guest I'm excited to have on, um, you know, another young professional in the financial services industry. Um, you know, really excited just to kind of dive into his story, kind of hear, as every single podcast, talk about the past, present, and future of his career and kind of how he got to where he is today. Uh, so just really excited to dive in and um, thankful for him to spend his time here. So let's welcome on Eli Stacy. Eli, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, let's just jump right in. I'd like to start with a couple basic questions just to get to know you better as an individual. Mm-hmm. First question, geographically speaking, you know, where were you born and raised at? And, you know, for those that may not know you, where are you at now? Sure. So I'm uh, one of those boring Finley people, born and raised in Finley. I uh, have stayed in Finley and been in Finley almost my entire nice. life. Yeah. Uh, I ventured out and went to uh, Bowling Green. Big uh, move. Uh, big move. Uh, 20 minutes <laughs> up 75. Uh, was there for four years and I was like, you know what? I just love Finley so much. Let's go yeah. right back down I-75 and, and keep keep on keeping on. Nice. So, yeah. Did you go to Finley High School? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, graduated Finley High School in 2013. Okay. Yeah, dating myself a little nice. bit. Nice. But yeah, 2013. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're born, is it? Yeah, so I graduated in 14. Okay. And it's crazy, like, I'm getting close to like a decade on graduating yes. high school, you know? Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. For me, like, I still feel like I'm like 16 years old. Like, I do not feel like an adult. I do not feel like, you know, and I mean, we're both like, I'm married. Mm-hmm. I own a house. I have a steady job. Like I'm a full grown adult. Right. But <laughs> in my head, like yeah. I still feel like mm-hmm. I'm a child. But it's crazy. Things like almost a decade yeah. since high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still get my idea out when I buy beer, and it's just like, <laughs> they never even ask. Typically, they don't ask me for it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. It's wild. It is wild. Yeah. As far as hobbies, what do you like to do? Outside of work, sure. Um, yeah, what do you like to do? Um, I play golf. Um, I play golf in high school and college, and try to try to play with my wife um, a couple times a week. So that's kind nice. of something that keeps me going um, in the summer. And in the winter, I do try to skate and play men's league hockey. Uh, not the best at it, but um, I do do it. Uh, it's fun, a little exercise. Um, I'm not a gym guy. Getting out and skating <laughs> yeah. keeps me keeps me, you know, somewhat active in the winter. Um, other than that, um, I like hanging out with my dogs. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, they take up most of my time when I'm at home. Um, and traveling when we can. Fair enough. Yeah. So. I feel like those two sports, like golf and hockey, I mean, there are like some similarities, you know, with clubs and the stick, but I feel like they are very different sports. They are. You know, like golf is a very... Like a gentleman's game, and it's you know you're quiet, yeah. and you're hitting, and it's then you have hockey that is, 
you know, in a very aggressive game. It is. And yeah. obviously requires, you know, it's the same with golf, but requires an incredible amount of athleticism. Right. To be able to skate and with the puck yes. and you're getting hit and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. Most hockey players, most real, not, I'm not, I don't consider myself a real yeah. hockey player, but most real hockey players are very athletic and can pick up golf and be somewhat decent. Um, I wouldn't say easily, but with a little bit of effort. Most golfers aren't really all athletes, so they mm. can't really, you know, do hockey or, yeah. or basketball or any other real sport that, you know, you need to be athletic yeah. to, to be somewhat good at. Um, but yeah, I actually started playing hockey before I ever thought about playing golf. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool, uh, cool combination. Yeah, of the two sports. Yeah, as far as golf, so. You know, you said you golfed in high school, golfed in college at BGSU. Yeah. You know, is there any one particular course that you would say, like, this was a beautiful course that I was Oh, I can name a few. Able to, oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, in high school, we got to play Scioto Country Club, which, um, for those that aren't familiar, that's where Jack Nicklaus grew up and learned to play golf. And Jack yeah. Nicklaus was arguably, other than Tiger Woods, the greatest player to yeah. play the game. Golf. Um Murfield Village, same, he created, uh, Jack Nicholas started Murfield Village. Um, that's where they have a memorial there every hmm. year. Um, let's see, in college we played the Greenbrier in West Virginia, which is a big resort course. Okay. Um, we, and we didn't really play many um, local really nice courses in college. I mean, we played, you know, decent courses, but nothing right. that you would write home about and yeah, yeah. want to get on. Um, but um, those were a couple that were were pretty special. Um, trying to think of any others, but Sayota is probably my favorite course of all yeah. time. It's it's really something something special. They just redid it um, a bunch of the holes just recently, and um, it's very hard to get onto. So I doubt I'll ever get to play it again. <laughs> if I do, it'd be great. Nice. Yeah. Um, so as far as professionally, then tell me, you know, within the thirty. 60 seconds like what are you doing today professionally so i am a mortgage lender at old fort bank here in finley um we are a local community bank state chartered in ohio um i originate mortgages basically um purchase refi construction uh conventional typically um we do do usda fha va uh, government loans basically um as we need um Previously, I was a uh, was an analyst, so I was a credit analyst for two and a half years. Um, and then prior to that, I was basically a, a teller slash retail um, trainee um, in college, uh, my senior year of college. So, yeah. Nice. So let's go, now we know what you're doing today and what you enjoy to do outside of work. Let's go back in time. Okay. So let's go back to 18-year-old Eli Stacy, graduate from Finley High School, you know, at that point, what were your career goals? You know, what were, I guess, what were your career goals? We've talked about, you know, you're going to BG playing golf. Was that more so for the athletic reasons or was, you know, academic reasons going to sure. BG? You know, take me through that process. Uh, so I guess my first, well, my, my dumb self wanted to be a professional golfer. <laughs> of course. You know, everyone who plays a sport, they're like, oh, I'm going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not, you know, I quickly knew, really I knew junior senior high school that ain't gonna that's not gonna happen but really knew when i got to college and i'm like no i, I can't even keep up with most of these guys i'm really gonna struggle you know uh, i mean bowling green we had a decent golf team but 
Um, we we're even close to you know SEC schools, Big Ten schools. They're just not going to right. Just like in, in any other sport. Yep. Um, so uh, Bowling Green basically was um, it allowed me to be able to be a part of a Division One golf team, um, and they had a really good business program. Um, and then my my father, my mother, um, both went to Bowling Green, loved it. Local, like I said yep. earlier, I'm a pretty local, homebody kind of guy. Yep. So um, not too not too far from home. Um, great campus, um, great social social life up there. Um, so yeah, good way to put it. Good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> PG it. Yeah. Right. So you said you went for business then. Yeah. I guess like what was the decision, or how did you decide? Was did you generally go for a business degree and then decide to specialize once you got there? Or how'd you even know in the first place yeah. that business was what you wanted? Um, well, I actually went as an economics major. Okay. I was more math-type oriented, um, but most of the economics classes I started taking weren't really hands-on. It was more the professors never had a real job. They <laughs> they taught what, you know, they were, they were a full-time student right. as a professor. So I'm like, well, I really do, I do like economics. I like a couple classes. So I kind of ventured out to finance and economics in the college of business um, and really enjoyed that just because it was more real world. Um, most of the people, most of the professors I talked to actually had worked somewhere for a period of time and, and had a world, real world experience and, and advice. And um, I guess that's kind of why I ventured into the business program. Um, in high school, why I, did I want to go to business? I, I don't know. I, I just, enough. why not I guess I don't know <laughs> um, I, I knew of a few people who did well um, in their careers going to Bowling Green in their college yeah. of business but um, it was just kind of a let's try it out and see if the shoe fits kind of thing yeah yeah no I get that it's uh, it's funny because as as you mentioned you know the professors that you could tell mm-hmm. those that had experience and those that were just essentially lifelong professors and, you know, for me, I felt like in my time in college, I necessarily couldn't tell that at the moment. But now, like, looking back, then I'm like, yeah, like, these professors that were really good and that I loved and appreciated and they provided real-world situations and helped us. Like, they were, you know, somebody that – or even a lot of, I think, uh, for me, a lot of the adjunct teachers that I had were probably some yeah. of the best professors. Absolutely. You know, yeah, because they had both ends compared yep. to those full-time professors – some of them were awesome. You know, obviously I'm not generalizing all of them, but right. there are definitely some of them that I can think off the top of my head. I'm like, yeah, they were full-time professor, never had another job outside of, you know, an academic in academic environment. And that's just what they do. They teach the textbook and yep. they go through that. And they love it. And then I, yeah, it makes you want to pound your head on your desk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So throughout then your time at BG, you know, I guess, were there any experiences, internships that, like, made you, you know, classes that were like, you know what, I do enjoy business. This wasn't just a, you know, random draw from a hat. This yeah. is something I enjoy and encourage you then to obviously continue that degree. Yeah. Um, the, I did take one class my sophomore year that really kind of kept me going and kept me wanting to, to do it. It was a money and banking finance class. Oddly enough, I now work in banking. <laughs> um, but... Um, I just loved it. I don't know what it was, but the the we learned about you know, cost of capital and reserve requirements for banks and mm. and different regulations and government sponsored enterprises and stuff. You know, uh, yep. basically Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or they're a GSE, but yeah. just that that class. 
I loved it. Um, I did oddly well. I, you know, I wasn't a, a super awesome student in college. Yeah. I was fine. You know, I, right. I got B's, but like this class, I just zoomed through hmm. and every, I had a few friends in class and they struggled. A lot of people struggled with the class and I didn't understand why I got it, but I got <laughs> it. Um, and the professor was really uh, relatable. Um, he worked, um, uh, a company called state street. It's a big, uh, it's a big bank basically in New York. Um, and I think he went back and worked for their, for them again. And he had just one of those people that real world experiences that, um, really rubbed off on me and made it more interesting, hmm. I guess. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So then you mentioned, you know, so then you graduate, I guess before you graduated and got your first job, you said that you were working at old Fort. Yeah. You're during your senior year or yeah. summer so, leading up to the senior year? Essentially the summer leading up, um, as basically an intern, yeah. worked as a teller, worked on uh, new accounts. Um, people sometimes call it like a retail trainee yeah. type, yeah. type type of job. A part-time, um, so I would work in our Finley, Fostoria, and Tiffin offices uh, mainly. Um, and uh, I liked it, obviously. I'm still working there six yeah. years later, almost six years later. So, yeah. So then you graduate, and then so looking for that first time you know, full-time employment after college was old Fort the go-to. Like, did you look elsewhere or since you already had that connection, did you just, you know, I was able to work those connections yeah. or what was that process for applying for that first job? Yeah. So the first job was kind of funny cause I was just about to graduate and I was in our credit department. That's, uh, that was after my transition from the retail training okay. to, to credit. And I was an, an analyst in our credit department in Bowling Green. And I think it's probably April. When we graduate in May and I tell my boss, I'm like, before I even start reaching out really, I know I probably should have started earlier than, than April, <laughs> the month March or April, graduate. Yeah, the month before I graduate. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, um, you know, I obviously don't expect you to think of what I'm doing all the time, but I'm going to be graduating here pretty soon. Is, is there any opportunities? Like, okay, hold on. So they gave me something within that next week. And most millennials and our generation nowadays say, go some, keep looking, you know, don't right. just take the first, you know, go and leverage yourself. Fine. Which I get that. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying our, my first offer was fantastic, but at the time my then girlfriend, now wife was in pharmacy school mm-hmm. at the university of Finley. It made sense for me to try to stay local. Um, I really enjoyed working and, in, in that office and at the bank, I enjoyed knowing just about everyone. You know, I can pick up the phone and call our CFO, call our CEO, and they'd be like, "Hey, Eli," and they they know yeah. who I was. So I'm like, yeah. "Well, let's give it a try." You know, huh. let's let's keep going. So that's kind of the the real first job offer. Why I, I kind of did what I did. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the classic. You know, the it's not what you know, but it's who you who know. You know. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And you had those connections. You had you had that experience, so you knew that you already liked as far as Old Fort Bank. You knew that you liked the bank, the people that you were working with. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned, yeah, about the CFO, CEO. I had similar situation with a local bank that I worked in the summer. So I spent three summers there. My last summer, uh, I worked as a teller, and I didn't, I loved this bank for that similar reason. Like I'm like the bottom of the barrel. Right. Like I'm the summer help 
teller. Right. Even before the teller, I was actually maintenance for a couple summers. So I'm literally just a sure. guy mowing the lawn. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it does not get any lower than the position that I had. But the CEO, CFO, those people were incredible to me and they were awesome. Yeah. And they would talk to me and then, you know, I'm like looking around my shoulder. I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Wasting your time like, yeah. with how many things? And, you know, one of the many benefits I'm sure that you can attest to as far as the local bank and having, you know, in your case, obviously, as the employee of being for a local bank and having those connections and being able to talk to anybody in the entire company from the top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It's very beneficial. And one of the main reasons why it, it's. I enjoy what I do. Or yeah. I, back then, I enjoy what I did, and I still do enjoy what I do now. Now, it's not so much more of um, me as an employee being able to talk. I mean, I can, and I, you know, I talk to them frequently. But it's also beneficial with clients, and and you know, if I need something, if something, if I see something that hey, we need to do this deal, yeah, they will listen to you, and they'll typically not always agree with you, but at least be like, yeah, you're, it makes sense. We, you know, do what we we'll do. We'll do what we have to do. Um, right. Basically, it's there's there's a lot less bureaucratic paperwork and, and whatnot <laughs> uh, doors to get through. So, yeah, yeah, that is cool. So, take me through then. So, you got that first job. You know, you were what? Was, can you remind me what was the first job? You said you were the teller slash analyst, and then yeah. what was the actual first credit analyst? Credit analyst yep. was the yeah. So, take me through the transition then. I guess you know how long you were the credit analyst, and potentially any other positions you had leading up to your current position sure. then as a loan officer. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I was an analyst a full time for at least a year and a half, maybe two years prior to I was six. So I, I was an analyst roughly in the same office for about two and a half years, uh, give or take underwriting commercial loans pretty much. Okay. Um, so looking at, um, all sorts of corporate tax returns, um, company prepared statements, audits, um, looking at deals, whether they be short-term line of credit, long-term real estate, term deals, equipment, um, financing. Um, and most of the stuff we saw was under under $5 million-ish, which um, you're small businesses, basically. That's that's your bread and, that's our bread and butter as a community bank, small right. businesses. Um, so we looked at um, uh, just a bunch of, of different deals, mostly. Um, in Ohio, uh, essentially. Some out of state, but mostly in Ohio. Um, and then, yeah, I mean. So was there another position you had from the analyst to your current loan officer? Yeah, so I, I technically, kind of. Okay. It's, it's kind of, it, was, it was a weird transition with, so with being at a small bank, you're sometimes asked to wear multiple hats, which yep. is fine, yeah. especially at the time and still now. You want to absorb and learn as much as you can, right? Because obviously, I didn't know anything. Most people, our age, start in an industry and you're like, I don't know anything, so <laughs> let me absorb it right. as much yep. as I can. Um, so I went from an analyst um, to kind of a pseudo commercial lender, retail lender, and mortgage lender, all wrapped okay. up into one. Um, so I did do a few consumer loans. I did do mortgage loans. And I also prospect for commercial clients. Um, that sort of switched when COVID started, maybe just before COVID started, because um, in our Finley office, we I was essentially the only mortgage lender in Finley. So that transitioned once COVID started and rates dipped tremendously. Right. Hey, you're going to do mortgages and that's all you're going to do. 
because I didn't have time for anything else. Mm. And I mean, no one, I mean, you, you couldn't do all three at the, right. at the time because with commercial, you'd be doing PPP loans, um, with, you know, the CARES Act and everything that, yeah. that, I mean, our commercial lenders and their assistants were working 60, 70 hours a week to, to try to get these, get the, the PPP money. PPP loans, for those that may not know, those mm-hmm. are the ones that were, um, that was like from the government. Yeah. Correct. So when yeah. COVID started, uh, right? When, when the CARES Act, the first portion of the CARES Act passed, it was, uh, quote unquote, the Payment Protection uh, Program, yeah. I believe is what PPP stands for. Um, so you were able, as a, as a business owner, to apply for a, quote unquote, loan to cover wages for a set period of time. And then after you've used that loan for the right purposes, for wages, utilities, all yeah. the criteria the government lets you, you can apply for forgiveness, and it's basically—I wouldn't say free money, but it's money to keep your business going, to keep your right. employees employed, whether or not you have that revenue still coming in or not. So it was kind of the first injection of, of money into small businesses. Um, to, but then they got afloat. those loans directly through, like in your case, like you know, through their local bank. So it's not bank. like yeah, you know, it's, it's money it's, from the federal directly from well, the federal government. So it, it will be. That, that's a good point because it, it is through your bank directly and then the SBA, which is a government-sponsored um, enterprise to, yeah. to fund um, small business, small businesses, that forgiveness will be then the government paying off gotcha. those quote-unquote loans okay. for the Paycheck Protection Program. And they also had um, grants here. I think there was like a $5,000 grant that you can get through the SBA Um which that's just, here you go, yeah. uh, money. And then the state of Ohio also had a grant, I think maybe even the city of Finley for nonprofits okay. uh, also had a grant. So, um, so yeah, um, that's kind of... So there was a lot then that obviously, like, you know, you in particular really, I mean, the bank in general that just was very busy at the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. and throughout this process. You know, obviously rates are really low, but also when you have all these government programs, oh, yeah. working w- through you know, the local community banks, yeah. then that's where, you know, you mentioned that you were wearing multiple hats and it was like, I got to put on one hat. You got to put on one. Just to make sure that I yeah. can, uh, you know, handle what is coming across the table. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, not only us, well, no, I, I will say because the paycheck protection program, most banks, I wouldn't say most banks, but a lot of banks weren't doing them. So we were also, yeah. not only were we doing our clients, but we're having people call us we never heard of saying, Hey, <laughs> I heard you're doing PPP loans. Gotcha. Can you help me out? Um, and we'd help them out. And then they're like, Hey, can I also refinance my house or can I, you know? Yeah. And it just, nice. uh, one thing came after another, which yeah. is great because they appreciate us and we obviously appreciated the business as well. Yeah. So, so how has that transition been then for you then? Yeah. I mean, I guess you said that was really the beginning of COVID. So mm-hmm. really like the last year and a half essentially is yep. approximately been the time frame that you've been the you know the loan officer that you are you know how has that transition been how is starting kind of the next stage of your career as a loan officer sure been well at first it was overwhelming because of the amount of sure. volume it was right. like which is a, a good problem to have. it's a good problem yeah. yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> now that I look back it's great yeah um, but it's I, I was it was it was a struggle because you're yeah. working long days mm. you were coming on Saturday to to pick stuff up and. Um, it was like, do I really want to do this forever? Right. I can be just, <laughs> not to say anything, but my wife's a pharmacist. So if I didn't really want to work, <laughs> I wouldn't have to. <laughs> um, but, um, 
it was a lot. And once things kind of started slowing down a little bit and you could take a breath, it was like, okay, this is, this is fine. We're doing all right. And make sure <clears throat> kind of really being like, okay, helps your process. You know, you, you sit back, you think about what you did, what you can do, what you can do to make your process better. Um, because at the time it was like, just, it was just in and just out, overload. just over, yeah. overload. Nothing was organized. Nothing. It was, a. Uh, it was rough, but um, but we uh, we did it. Um, yeah. Well, and even it's an interesting dynamic, you know. And obviously, like the banking industry is not the only one, but you know, beginning of COVID, it, really this whole time. Obviously, there are people that have lost their jobs, people that have had a lot of financial hardships. Mm-hmm. But there are obviously certain in- industries as well that have increased yeah. over, mm-hmm. you know, workload for them. And then, yeah, you know, I mean. Think of if you're a toilet paper manufacturer back in oh, April of 2020, yeah. like, you yeah. know, every single warehouse that you have, you are emptying yeah. Oh, yeah. just to get toilet paper out on the shelves. Yeah. And, you know, that was obviously short-lived right. until things have gone back to normal. But, you know, in your case, especially now, hindsight, uh, no pun intended, hindsight being 2020, being able to look back at that time that obviously those were crazy hours, but I'm sure you'd say, yeah, it was a blessing that I was able to still keep my job, oh, able to work absolutely. and, you know, yeah, obviously it could be much worse, but it's just one of those things obviously you can never plan for, never predict. And it just, yeah. it happened in this game and it actually ended up benefiting you and your employer in Old Fort yeah. during this time. And we are, I am blessed. My wife's blessed. We were, we were both overworked, um, but it's a lot better than, than going through a hardship and, and losing a job. Because I, I do know quite a few people who did lose their jobs and, yeah. and had to struggle for a little while um, while things rebounded. And, um, yeah, it, we are blessed. So it, it does make you think about what could have been. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So looking, so after we spent time talking about the past, talking about, you know, where you're at now, I guess like looking at the future... You know, and potentially what does the next three, five, maybe even 10 years look like? And I know you said that obviously things have changed a lot in, you know, at Old Four, obviously you're wearing multiple hats, then you mm-hmm. go down to one hat. So, you know, some of that may just be potentially, you know what, I'm the team player willing to do whatever they need. Or, you know, if you have at this moment, you know, potentially individual goals and say, this is something yeah. that I would like to do? Like, where do you, in an ideal world, in your head as of right now, where oh, do you boy. see yourself well, in the future? I, I do see maybe, I, I like being a, a lender. Um, next three years-ish, I would say I could wear other hats if I need to. Um, I There are uh, some older uh, employees at the bank who are in executive positions, not to uh, poke fun at anyone, obviously, but... Um, at just, some point, they're going to retire. Yeah, so, right. Just the people on the opposite end of their career as you right. and I. Yeah. You know? Right. There are people that are thinking about their exit plan. Right. Mm-hmm. How do they sail off into paradise? Yeah. So at some point, I would like to, at some point, move to some sort of um, quote-unquote management yeah. position. Um, whether that be you know, in our mortgage department, whether it be as a commercial lender, um, whether it be as a market executive, whether it be um, some sort of management position I can see that you know in the next five to ten years yeah. for sure absolutely um, especially with some of those that are probably going to retire in the next five four or five years so yeah um, we are a small bank there's only about a hundred employees so okay. um, it would make sense um, to keep doing that and 
you know, we are employee owned now too, so which makes it even more um, hmm. beneficial. Our uh, retirement package, uh, whatever the, it's, it's an ESOP, employee stock ownership plan is, is yeah. now what our, our bank is technically owned by. Nice. Um, so it's, it's an incentive to stay there and to, to do well and to, um, to do all you can to make the bank grow. For sure. So How many locations does the bank have? That's a good question. We have Finley, obviously, two in Tiffin, Fremont, Astoria, Bettsville, Xenia, so down near Dayton, okay. Sugar Creek, which is Sugar Creek Township down near uh, Beaver Creek. Okay. So that's eight. I feel like I'm missing one. So eight or nine. Approximately. Approximately. Okay. Yeah. So basically, we do have a uh, we did have a loan office in Lima. So basically, from Dayton up, yep. um, up seventy five to Finley, um, and then up uh, near Tiffin, Fremont area. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, one more question before as we're you know starting to wrap up the episode, yeah. I was going to ask you this earlier and I forgot. You know, we talked about as an employee. You know, you've talked about the benefits of, you know, working for a community bank. I guess I'm interested, you know, in, I guess, however much time you want to take, you know, your sales pitch, hmm. you could say, you know, as a, as a customer, what are the benefits for them to say, you know, if I'm a new homeowner, I'm yeah. trying to buy a house, what is the benefit of working with you or with an old Forts community bank compared to another financial sure. institution? Yeah. Um, it's a question that sometimes we get asked a lot, just from people calling in. Um, you know, what can you offer me that so and so can't? Right. Yep. Um, first, uh, first of all, when you dial my number or our branch's number, a real human being is going to pick the phone up. Yep. You're not going to get shoved to some automated message. Yep. Um, you, I am in an office seven, five, excuse me, five days out of the week. You can come in and, and bug me all you want. Um, that's fine. I have plenty of people that do it <laughs> and it's fine and they know it and they laugh yeah. about it. Um, when you, when you work with a community bank, there's a certain relationship, um, between the client, um, and us uh, that, that we can build over time. Obviously we, we don't expect you to jump, jump ship and move everything over all at once. But, um, we do pride ourselves in, you know, if we do do, you know, a mortgage for someone, most, I wouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of the time they're like, you know, that was such a great experience. Can I have, can I move my checking account over? Can, hmm. can you look at, uh, do you have any credit cards? Do you, you know, there are other opportunities right. out there and most of the time it's them asking us, not us asking them. So hmm. we typically know we did something for sure. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, we, you know, the stigma is for your small bank, you don't have the technology, the software, the app that. Right, you know that big banks do, but that's not necessarily true. Um, now you can apply for a mortgage on our website; it goes right to me. Hmm. So if you do want that um, no person type contact, you just want to do it yourself, you can do it, and it'll go to me. And then I can say, "Hey, do you want me to? Do you want to go back and forth with me, or do you want to just do it all email online?" Right. It gives you that option. Nice. Um, online banking, same thing. Um, we have that service. We have a, a great app that, that um, most people really enjoy. Um, so we we are up to code in 2021. Yeah, <laughs> we're not we're not a, a paper ticket type um, yeah. type thing, but that is there if you want it. 
Uh, right. So, yeah. So it's nice having both sides. Really, I mean, it's whatever the customer prefers. Yeah. If they want the digital, if they want the electronic, the email. Yeah. You can do that if you want somebody that wants to come in, shake your hand, be in the office, do everything old school. Yeah. Obviously, there's still that option as well. Yep. Um, yep. You know, it, as you said earlier, I feel like for me as a customer, and I guess, you know, something obviously for our agency as well as that, you said there's no 1-800 number. You know, right. If you need to get a hold of somebody, like as far as the service, there's a lot of times, you know, in your case, you work with someone, they close on the home, they buy it. But then if anything needs to change or if they have any additional follow-up questions, they can still call you back. Absolutely. They can still, whether it's you or somebody at the bank compared yeah. to, you know, potentially other opportunities out there where, well, hey, once we do the sale, our hands are clean and here's the 1-800 yep. number for you to yep. call. Yep. And then it's, oh, man, well, I'm having this, that, I'm on hold for mm-hmm. however long, you know, and that's one of the benefits, obviously, for a local bank and, you know, specifically with old fourth to just being able to provide yeah that service yeah. afterwards right and one of the i wouldn't say the main questions but questions i get a lot when doing a, a mortgage for someone are you just going to sell it and mm. is my loan get sold and i'm never you know who am i going to talk to right because it happens you know big big brokerages they originate a loan and the next within five days it's right. see you later yeah um with us we do sell some loans but you don't know it's sold we still service it. It's still nice. at the bank. So you can still call me and I still, you know, if you have questions on your escrow or need a statement, you can call me. Yeah, I, I can handle it. No problem. Um, whereas, you know, other other brokerages or lenders, they'll sell it and they'll be like, sorry, I can't help you. It's with so-and-so. You got to call this 1-800 number and do this and do that. Sure. With us, there's, you're, you're here, you're, you're at Old Fort Bank and that's where you're going to be, whether you like it or not, for, for <laughs> until you until you refinance or sell a house or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, awesome, yeah. good. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah, you too. Um, so the last question I have for you, then I always wrap up every episode is, what are you doing today? You know, practically speaking, what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? So in your case, you know, you're. In that loan officer role, obviously you've had several roles, been able to wear several hats. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned about potentially, um, you know, just different management positions and such. Like, what do you feel like you're doing today to be able to reach those long-term goals? That's a good question and a very loaded one as well. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm building relationships all the time. And I, in, in a sales type of role, that's, that's what you want to do. You want to build a relationship. Right. Um, so when you, you know, you're walking down the street and, or you're going to a restaurant and someone sees you, Hey Eli, how are you? Um, my wife gets upset a lot of the times because we'll be playing golf or something like, Hey Eli. And they're like, how do you know that person? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is. And in a small community, yeah. um, building relationships really is number one. Um, giving back to, um, the Humane Society, I'm, I'm a board member in the Humane Society in Finley, nice. and I also um, volunteer to run the Finley Area Golf Association, which is a junior um, cool. tour, basically, nonprofit um, that I do in the summer. Um, that not only ke- I did it as a kid, I, I, I was involved in FAGA as, as a kid, and um, I was given the opportunity to, to quote unquote run the tournaments, um, so cool. it keeps me involved in the community um, and involved in golf. It gets me out of the office uh, a there couple times go. a week in the summer, which <laughs> I can't complain. Um, so giving back and, and being involved in, in your community is something that um, 
that I enjoy and I think it's something that um, is good to do for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, that is awesome. Those are great ways. Um, you know, especially being able to give back to a program that you were involved in yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. that's great. And, you know, the relationship aspect that, you know, we we started this podcast talking about the really, it was that first initial job at Old Fort Bank, but then also the first real full-time job was because of those relationships, because of mm-hmm. those connections that you had. So, yeah. you know, having, um, yeah. As mentioned earlier as well, that it's not necessarily what you know, but who you know. Mm-hmm. Just having those connections, relationships is never going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and can only provide benefits as your career goes on and on. Yeah. Hopefully it does. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Eli. Appreciate thanks, you spending your time yeah. to come on the show. Uh, this has been great. Um, I really enjoyed diving into your career. It's funny when I was emailing you beforehand, you said, oh, I'm, I'm boring. I don't have an exciting story. I'm a story. banker. Most bankers are boring. Oh, uh, that's how people feel about insurance agents, too. <laughs> it's true. You know, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's not the most exciting thing, but I, you know, that's one of the things that I enjoy, though, is trying to make it, like, not the monotonous. Yeah. You know, trying to make it exciting and trying to make it simple and easy for them, but also, like, yeah, I'm trying not to make this the most painful part of your day. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So just being able, and again, it's about relationships, about helping people out. Yep. So, um, yeah, no, I think this has been a great episode. I've enjoyed just diving into your story and learning more about you. Thanks, Eli. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Young Pro Show. If you enjoyed the episode, I would encourage you to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow along on social media for updates on Facebook and Instagram at Dom Fry, the insurance guy. And if you really, really enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on your podcast platform or on my Facebook page. I love you. Thank you for your time and God bless.